Welcome to Building Optimal Radio. My name is Jared Gossett, and this is a podcast for builders and remodelers to help you take your business to the next level. Today, we are finishing our third installment on how to raise money for your projects. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the logistics of doing so, talk about some of the things to be cognizant of as you put together your offerings for your projects. Uh, first thing first, I, I think that we ought to focus today on the equity side of raising money, not so much on the debt side. We talked some of the previous episodes about how to approach banks to raise that debt capital for your project. Uh, that's not as important, I don't think, to discuss because uh, when you go approach a bank, they're in the driver's seat and they know exactly what to ask and you're more in a position of responding to some of their requests. That said, you've got to obviously put together a good loan package and presentation for your banker, but I don't think that should be the focus today. I want to focus on how to raise equity capital, whether you're just raising equity capital for that final, say, 30% of your capital needs for a project and the bank's going to do the other 70, or even if you're going to raise equity capital from investors for the whole capital stack, 100%. We'll talk a little bit about that. So starting off, I want to get one thing out of the way, and that is before you do anything, go talk to a good securities attorney in your market or in your country, wherever you are, step one, before you do anything else, this is my disclaimer today, but this needs to be number one for everybody. I can't overemphasize that. Go find a good securities attorney, get them on board. If you do it right, you should be able to probably pay them up front more, kind of like on a project type basis, get your templates and your process together and then you shouldn't have to spend as much time or money with them in the future. But it's money well spent because at least here in the States, raising money is highly scrutinized by different federal agencies, including the Securities and Exchange Commission. We do not realize it as small business owners and small contractors or small builders. But uh, fact of the matter is, even when we're out for to family and friends, trying to raise money for a project, what we are offering is considered a security very often by the authorities and therefore subject to their oversight. All right. So talk to your attorney, create a a procedure with your attorney for raising money and also uh, with your attorney, come up with a procedure for approaching investors. The SEC has all kinds of regulations around this and just a few that come to the top of my mind. You're really only supposed to approach accredited investors when offering securities. Now, there's a little nuance to this that's, I think, kind of dangerous, but I'll talk about it in a little bit. So you need to get a plan for accredited investors. You also, there's something I'm not too familiar enough to go on record talking about it. So you can talk to your, your attorney about it, but there's something called like uh, cooling off periods after you approach new investors and you're really not supposed to like raise money for them for a while after you approach them and make contact with them. Beyond that, these uh, good securities attorneys should help you draft a template for your limited partnership agreement or your operating 
agreement for your vehicles, your investment vehicles, assuming you you use that type of vehicle to raise money. And then alongside that, they'll also put together what's called like an offering memoranda or a private placement memoranda, a PPM, that again, should go hand in hand with your marketing package and your operating agreement that you would use to, to raise money if you're raising true equity. Uh, so get all of that in line before you do anything else. That said, let's jump into uh, a few of the different vehicles, logistically speaking, that you can use to raise money. So the first is my favorite, just because I think it's the cleanest. And that is setting up a what's called a single asset or a single purpose entity to raise money for your project. And that single asset entity, it can be like a what's called an LLC uh, or an LPA. So limited liability corporation or uh, limited partnership. I'm sorry, not LPA, just LP, limited partnership. So those are a few, again, talk to your attorney because there may be others in your market that might be better, but those are the two that I most frequently see. And they have different benefits and, and nuances depending on, on what you need. So talk to your attorney about what's best there. These entities are typically one-off vehicles. That's why they're called single asset, because typically they're used one time for your project and then they're tabled or they're shelved. The benefit to doing that is I think it's cleaner because when you're going to raise money from an investor, oftentimes, let's say you're a small builder and you do like three or four spec homes at a time and you're going to different investors possibly different spec homes need different economic splits or profit splits or management fees or whatever. This type of structure allows you to have a different structure, the ideal structure for each project. So that's what I like. I like the flexibility, like the cleanliness between projects. And then also I think there's something to be said for the risk management. If you play your cards right of having different risk profiles in their own bucket and different houses, all of which carry their own inherent risk housed under different entities. So when you go raise money for one of these LLCs or LPAs, you are going to need to do so using a marketing package, a, a PPM that, uh, you will is one of the legal documents that you need. And it's kind of a cover your ass type document that's going to disclaim, disclaim, disclaim that you could be off on your assumptions. Any number of things could go wrong. Investors could lose technically all of their money. All of that kind of stuff needs to go in your PPM for your own protection and also for the investors education so that they can make a good investment decision. Uh, one of the downsides to the LLC or LPA structures is admittedly, it's more complex. So you're a small operation, you have limited resources with your bookkeeping and accounting, I completely get that. And you're now managing multiple structures and entities as opposed to only one. You're going to have to make that assessment about the trade-offs. But again, for me, I, I think it's cleaner. And I've found that even with the extra work that just the pros outweigh the cons. And one of the things, one of the pros that I want to mention before we move on, I like the separation. When you have a, an LLC or an LP that owns a property or a project and you're raising money from different investors there, I like it because I think it helps keep the, I don't know best way to describe this, but like the value buckets 
more cleanly lined up. So in other words, the general contractor, which would be your operating company, should receive a fee uh, or some compensation for taking on the risk to build the project. The investors should receive their fee. And then also the developer, which oftentimes is the builder or a, a closely related entity, should receive their fair compensation for putting the deal together, raising the money, and all of the subsequent risk that comes with being a developer. So there are multiple parties and functions that should get compensated. And when you create these structures like this, I think it allows everyone to a little more clearly see the whole landscape and figure out how all of the economics should be divided up so that everything is, is properly accounted for. The second way to raise money for your projects is one I'm not going to spend much time on, but it's it's uh, raising money inside of your operating company uh, or one of your operating companies. This is something that I have not seen very common. My old company, we started a raise doing this and it was going to be extremely costly, time consuming, and we decided not to do it. But uh, it does create a lot of flexibility. So this is, think just how companies raise money to go public or whatever. It's it's a similar concept in that you're raising money at your operating level, which gives you a lot of flexibility to go deploy that cash wherever. Problem is there's a lot more hair on this type of transaction. Uh, it's definitely going to require a little bit of a different approach with your securities attorney to try to figure out how to market it and set up the economic splits. And you got all these considerations when you do that, such as all right, so now you're taking one bucket of cash that you raise from investors. How does that look? Because that cash may not always be deployed. Uh, you may not need to deploy it all at one time. You might be getting it back at different times. And ultimately, what an investor or savvy investor is going to want to know is, well, what's my repayment strategy? So if you're continuously reinvesting it, at what point does the clock turn off? And I get my money and how does that look? It's just more complex. It's more rare for that reason, if that's a word. It's more rare for that reason. The final uh, vehicle that we'll talk about, the third vehicle for raising money, is perhaps the least sophisticated way, but also the easiest way. I've seen it a lot of times with builders, and that is simply raising your equity capital with promissory notes, usually unsecured promissory notes from your investors. So the way that looks is you either have a bank or oftentimes I'll see builders and developers who use this strategy. They're using like some sort of hard money type loan. So they'll raise all of this money from the bank or, or some lender, say 70 to 80%. And then the last, the remaining, what's technically the equity portion is raised via promissory notes. So while it counts to the bank as equity, because the funds are obviously behind their first lien and behind them in priority, these funds oftentimes are, well, they're raised as promissory notes, which makes them technically debt. So the developer builder goes and, and says, I need $100,000 of quote unquote equity to show the bank in this project. So I need to raise that. And they go raise it from a few people and secure 
that $100,000 instead of setting up an LLC or an LP or some vehicle and raising it as true equity where they're limited partners or members in an entity, they are simply giving this person a promissory note. Again, usually unsecured, meaning that they don't have an official lien on the property. It's just an unsecured promissory note, usually from their operating company, from the general contractor. They're going to have, of course, for it to be a promissory note, it has to have a term on it and an interest rate. So it ultimately is debt. I have seen some people structure these kind of hybrid promissory notes where it says that it's subject to profit splits, et cetera. The one thing about this and another reason to talk to your attorney is because it's just a really sticky situation when you go this route. Very easy, especially for the investors that aren't real familiar in the space. It makes sense and it's easy for them. But you get into all kinds of considerations such as, well, what's, what is the term length for these and what's the interest rate? And as I talked about in the earlier installments, there's some very real challenges that people don't consider when you set straight interest rates on an investment vehicle. So it counts as leverage. You're technically, when you do that, you're here at 100% leverage. So if, if you go raise all your money through uh, your equity capital through promissory notes, you're technically 100% leveraged, which is usually not a real wise idea. And you've got usury laws to contend with, especially if you start playing around with offering profit splits through that investment vehicle. So I'm not saying don't do it. Maybe it's the best vehicle for you, given your particular situation, but it carries some risky components to it. So just just be careful. Talk to your attorney on that. Final thing I'm going to say, try to keep this episode somewhat short. For those of you who aren't using a bank and you're just doing all cash, which I told you all earlier, I hate that word, just all cash. So all equity, basically. One thing that I encourage and I don't see done that often, when you're doing all equity, it's easy to to go to that that partner who maybe you're used to giving them or they're used to getting an 8% preferred return and then profit splits and just saying, let's just do that across the whole capital stack. The thing that I don't like about that is then it just assigns the quote unquote interest rate on uh, or the cost of capital, kind of your fixed cost of capital on your entire capital stack at 8% or 10% or whatever your prep rate is. And the problem with that is if you had gone to a bank and followed kind of market market rate terms and gotten 70% of your capital through a bank that's that's only charging you say 5% interest rate, well, 5% interest rate over 70% of your capital stack and then an 8% pref on 30% of your capital stack comes out to what's that? I think that comes out to like 5.9% weighted average if the math is right in my head. So guess what I'm saying is you end up creating your all cash scenario is quite punitive to you as the developer and, and I think overly beneficial, perhaps out of market beneficial to the investor. So my encouragement, if you're using only equity on a project is Talk to your investor about breaking their investment into two tranches. The first is treating the first 70% or whatever whatever it is of their cash more like a, a loan. And you could set up a promissory note from them to the LLC or the company that's going to own the project. 
And so do a loan from them for 70% of the investment at like market rate type terms, and then do the final 30% at your standard, again, more market rate equity price. And that way it aligns everybody a little bit closer to the market, in my opinion. So I think that's it. If anybody has any questions, you guys just uh, shoot me an email or send me a message on Facebook or Building Optimal. Would love to continue the conversation. Hope everybody is well and uh, we'll talk soon. 